Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Honestly, when I'm having sex these days, very rarely, (laughs) (laughs) a few times, it's really, it's just such a novel experience that I, I, it's, um, there's, I don't really focus on the status play. Like, I'm not really like, oh, who's leading the charge here? Who's leading the dance? It's like, is it, is the dance happening? Welcome to Sex Talk with my mom. I'm Cam Poder. And I'm Karen Lee Poder. And this is the ultimate podcast about the birds and the bees with a sex expert cougar mother. And her stand-up comic son, Cam. In this episode, we really use your cougar knowledge. I'm so excited to be talking about cougars or older women. Large age gap relationships. Yeah, yeah. We kind of get into it by starting with my reaction to this comment that mother made about my always being a sub. And then it morphs into, well, is it always the case with large age gap relationships, there will be this constant power dynamic. So you'll hear all about that in this real, this right. episode. I guess this is really good for anyone who is interested in older women or if you're an older woman interested in younger guys or basically any age gap. I would say younger women interested in, in older men, pretty much anyone in relationships, the, this idea of status is inherent to all of our relationships. So it's good to think about Right. So I'd like to say that based on many of our listeners' feedback and our experience at the podcast conference, we're switching up our format. Yahoo! It's going to be more about us. So it is called Sex Talk with My Mom, so it is going to be just you and I talking most of the time from not, right. from here on out. But we will bring on guests now and then to to uh, discuss you know their their positions on a certain topic if we feel that would benefit us. And that said... If it's not working out as well, we might go back to the old format. But right, we're right. going to experiment with this based on your right. guys' suggestions. So thank you all so much for filling out that survey. It was super helpful. And I think, honestly, this is where our sweet spot is because I enjoy this type of banter back and forth. And we don't, we're not able to do it sometimes. We get a guest on and it's about the, whatever the guest's talking about. So this is going to be fun for us. As always, we really, really appreciate your feedback. And we now have a way for you to text us anonymously any feedback or questions you have. All you got to do is text or call and leave a voicemail, 323-472-4237. Simple as that. It's so easy, and it could be anonymous, which is something great because then you don't have to worry about what people at work are going to think when they hear about your question about premature ejaculation issues. Bingo. Also, (laughs) by the way, we're going down to one episode per week. It's more easy for everyone to – it's easier for everyone to digest once a week. So we'll be doing one hour-long or 45-minute-long episode every Thursday. Mm -hmm. We're eliminating the quickies, but you'll get us on Thursdays. And once in a while, you're going to get a surprise episode. So that's why you need to subscribe, because if you don't subscribe, you may miss the surprise. Yes. So please subscribe on we, iTunes. I wanted to give a quick shout out to our favorite, what our, one of our favorite couples, and definitely our favorite lesbian couple that has come on the show, Yael and Molly, who just got engaged yesterday. Yahoo! 
yeah, Molly, you know, what a wonderful couple. I'm so happy for you guys. I hope you're listening because we are absolutely thrilled for you guys. It, and it, you're going to be a great couple. It was so wonderful. I was, I, my heart was racing watching. Yeah, I want to hear all the details. Yeah, well, well, maybe we'll have him back on the show to give you the whole debrief. It's but so exciting. It involved but... a Ferris wheel. I'll just say that. Oh, my God. Yeah. I love romantic engagements. And uh, with that, enjoy the show. Love y'all. Stay tuned. You know, we so we had this interview with Sean Humphreys, the fetish club bouncer, last week. He talks about BDSM, and you make this remark that, and I quote, you're not going to be the dom. You're always going to be the sub. Yeah. You don't have a dominating side to you. That's true. And this has stuck with me, mother. Why? What do you mean, why? Why would it stick with you? Because you're fucking square, you're pigeonholing me (laughs) into this fucking subordinate position, this submissive position. Submissive. Yeah, sub stands for submissive for those of you who are not familiar with the BDSM terms. True. And to be honest, I don't necessarily always act submissively. I think you push me when we're talking and interacting, you push me into this submissive category. Okay, well, let me ask you something. Do you think of submissive as being a negative? I think if you're stuck in a submissive role, that is negative. If you're not able to switch back and forth, in my opinion, I would like to have that well-roundedness. I think there's something to be gained by being able to play both sides of that coin. Okay, now are we separating how you are in real life with how you are in the bedroom? What you were. I mean, okay. I mean, you yes. you were you were suggesting that they're both is the same. No, I'm not. Yes, you that's exactly. Oh, come on, you're you're you're. What 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 are you basing the fact that that belief that I'm always going to be submissive because in I'm the bedroom? You've told me you've told me about different interactions you have with women, and it seems like the ones that have taken on uh, an aggressive stance, you have become very sub- submissive and almost to to a point where it was bordering on like you feeling abused in some way. Okay. So that's where I got But that I from. don't I, I have not I have not time. told you about the times where I've, you know, been more in control and dominating. Those are more exactly. like You can't... haven't told me, so how am I supposed to know that? I don't have ESP. I'm not well, in the Well, then it's, it's it's a bit of a strong statement to say I'll never be dominating and I will always be submissive. You see how this can get okay. in my head? I said that you don't strike me as the I didn't say in the future you couldn't evolve into that type of I mean, here's the deal. I think you've pigeonholed me as some sort of a dominatrix, which, in fact, is probably false. I did not pigeon. How did I pigeonhole you? Just I read the newsletter. I wrote a newsletter, sure, but that was a, jo- a oh. joke at the end. Uh-huh. Why don't you read that little joke at the end? Well, I, it no. was pretty funny, actually, and I, I read it because I was up at 4.30 in the morning. Can you please read that? So I wrote a little response to this episode with <laughs> where we talk about my mother says that I'm always a submissive. Yeah. So I ended by saying, you know, with a heart full of love, Cam, and then in parentheses, and Karen Lee, a.k.a. the ultimate dominatrix who could never be a sub if her life depended on it, never, ever, no chance in the world, not in a million years. Okay. Who's pigeonholing who? Okay. I, it was a joke. That was a joke. Well, a lot of the things that I say are, are you know, first of all, with every joke, there's an element of truth. I know there's an element of truth well, because I, Ooh, every, like every, 
everyone on Facebook agreed with you saying that I'm obviously a fucking sub. And I don't why, appreciate why do you think that. Why do you think that? And why are you taking it as negative? Oh, oh what if I were to call you the sub all because, the time? Okay, here's the deal. In the bedroom, a submissive person, we, we talked about this on the podcast actually, could end up being someone in a very powerful position at work and in life. You know that they, they and when they get into the bedroom, they want to take on a submissive to be more of a well-rounded person. No one is looking at me saying, "Oh, you know, he's such a dominating force in his outside life. He's probably submissive in his inside in I in the bedroom." Say that they were were or they weren't, but people apparently have gotten that idea. And that, I guess this is a good topic of discussion because, in truth, I like being the submissive more than the dominant one in the bedroom. How about that? I th- I think that your response to me to this email. When you said that you like being the submissive when you're in control, that it suggests that that's not really no. Well, I mean, when I said in control, meaning that I I have there are uh, red what do they call cold reds or when, you know as yeah, long when, as it's the point when where you have I don't safe throw, words. I, I have, yeah, exactly. So as long as I have my safety words in place, I also want to clarify. I think that there are you know, this is a spectrum, you know, some BDSM is like an extreme side of the spectrum yeah. uh, where, where someone is in complete control of the other person. Whereas on the yeah. other side of the spectrum where I probably tend to remain and where Wait, you probably stop. tend to Why remain, you say that? I, I don't see, I don't see you whipping or, or just tying someone up and doing crazy shit. I don't, I, do you do that? Are you more into the BDSM community than I thought you would? You were? <laughs> no, no, okay, but so, you, did, you did say that there's a spectrum here and that you and I are on one end of the spectrum. Or, <laughs> okay, or, so let's just say that there is the other side of the spectrum, which is that there there is status play. You know, someone is, it's like a dance. Someone is always leading. You know, that's, yeah. that, that's like the more tame version of this BDSM stuff. So to suggest, so I interpret your suggestion that I'm a sub is always the person following. I, I feel like at this point that I shouldn't say feel. I think because I think in the past you've expressed different, you know, situations to me that you have been the sub in almost all the situations you've discussed with me. So those that. are usually the funnier stories. <laughs> that's true. Well, that's the ones that you've told me. Okay. All right. I I will say it it, it has pushed me. Okay. To, to, okay. Okay. So to be, of course. Okay. It's usually either, you know, I was thinking about this. I, it doesn't really register. Honestly, when I'm having sex these days, very rarely, <laughs> the few times, it's really, it's just such a novel experience that I, I it's um. There's, I don't really focus on the status play. Like, I'm yeah. not really like, not. oh, who's leading the charge here? Who's leading the dance? It's like, is it is the dance happening? Are we having happening? the dance? And, and you're focusing mostly on not premature ejaculating. Yes. There's so many other things to be worried about at this point. <laughs> that There's no, no like, <laughs> that's like an advanced stage, I think. It is an advanced stage, though. It is. I think it is basically for, I would say, couples that are... You know, I, although I'm sure that it's happened that it, on the very first night people can get really into BDSM, but in and as a matter of fact, I just heard that on another podcast where someone wrote in that she said it was on uh, Sex with Emily actually. Uh, so they had a letter that a uh, woman wrote in saying that she's with a guy who basically says he watches a lot of porn and likes really violent, aggressive sex, and should she be concerned? Blah 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 blah. Yada yada yada. So it, that was on the first date that she was with him. He told her all that. Now, me, I, I, my 
for me, I think it it all has to do with how long you've been in a relationship, what do you want to do to spice it up, or it could go sometimes you're really into it in a relationship and then you go back to a different type of sex. You know, it, it, I think sex is just kind of fluid. You know, so, so what happens if you're dating someone who for a long time and you start to you know, experiment with all these more alternative yeah. forms uh-huh. of sex. Yeah. Then you break up, you start a new relationship. You got to start from square one with the vanilla yes. ass sex. Yes. And, and that's supposed to be okay. I mean, not vanilla ass sex, but you're certainly going to have to develop some sort of a, a rhythm. And, and uh, like you said, the dance has to, you know, I think you, you're not going to just, you say you got to a point with your last relationship where you're dripping hot wax on each other and using nipple clamps and then the next relationship the next time you're having sex you're with someone new and you start bringing out hot wax and nipple clamps and i think that that girl would be or that guy would be a little freaked out by it you know i wanted to bring this subject up to segue into you know it you're you're a self-proclaimed cougar you've been in a relationship for nine eight, eight years now with yeah okay there is a status inherent status dynamic Usually, I, I imagine with these types of relationships. Yeah. Okay. True or false? I, are you saying in the sex department or in like just in general? Or what I kind think, of status? I, I imagine both. Right. That, that my and I, I'm probably ignorant, but I would guess that if you're dating someone years younger than you, there's gonna you're gonna have the high status. He's gonna have the low status in pretty much all interactions. And I disagree. So tell me about your experience in that. I don't think. Anybody can generalize about anybody's status. I mean, I, I, that's like such a generalization. In any relationship, and for example, like I told you before, sexually, it may be the complete opposite. Okay. By the way, for our listeners, when we talk about status, it's not like socioeconomic status or like it, it's more the sense like who's in control of the relationship, who's making the decisions, who's leading the way. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, that's why I would assume that the older person is going to be. Yeah, I mean, especially in large age gap relationships like this, I would imagine there's an inherent power dynamic like that. And I don't think you can ever put a stereotype on that. So you would say that's not the case in your relationship? I'd say it would be the case in a situation more like the older man with the younger girl who usually is in control because he's got the money and the younger girl doesn't. I mean, that could also be a generalization, but I think that's more typical than the other way around. What? I, I feel like most might... cougar cub relationships, you you do see that the the cougar has more money than the cub, just because their their career is way more evolved. Than... It, it may not be the case though. Okay, so in, you're telling me in your relationship the status has has bounced around, or is mm-hmm. it is it really? I think yeah, I definitely think that it has definitely bounced around. Because when I look at you, I think. This is a very high status woman. I, I mean, even in our relationship, you yeah. rarely give me any status, but that <laughs> might be because you're my mother. And, and I don't think that's the case either. I think I give you a lot of status. Okay. Uh, yeah, I that's do, true. Especially I, when it comes to this podcast. I mean, you run the show basically. So I don't think in, you can generalize about any of this depending on age. I don't think age has a lot to do with it. I think it's more personalities. The reason I think that in my case I go after who I go after is because it just I like, I'm a young spirited person. That, when I say young spirit, I mean, I like going to concerts. I'm more spontaneous. I'm, in a, I'm, I'm not into what most people in their 50s are into. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it, and then you can find 
men that are just like me that are, you know, in the same scenario, they might like a younger girl for whatever those reasons are as well. Hmm. Or you could find, you know, maybe my next relationship will be somebody older than me that has an even younger spirit than me. That's a good point. That's why I don't think you, I mean, I'm hoping that 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 never comes to be because I'm in a good relationship right now, but you never know what's going to happen. And I don't like to generalize about anything. Yeah. What I, what I really resent is when people say, uh, you know, things like, uh, you know, I'd go after a younger guy because, you know, he's, uh, he's, uh, you know, better looking or you're, you know, he's, you know, they, there's all kinds of generalizations about sugar mamas and there's mm-hmm. generalizations on all sides of the track that, that, you know, uh, older women prey on younger guys. And it was a complete opposite. When I was like out in the single world, I would get so annoyed with these young guys that keep coming up to me, coming up to me. It was never me going up to younger guys. Hmm. Hmm. And it's like, it's, it's a stereotype that it is for whatever reason. And then I guess that's why I wanted to redefine the word cougar because I don't like the fact that people think of cougars are predatory. They're not. It's almost 90% of the time the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say from watching you date, you kind of made the decision that you're not that attracted to men your age. And no, so- there were, it just happened that the men that I was set up with seemed to not work for me, whatever the reason. It didn't- I, you were always like, uh, they're balding, they got <laughs> bad teeth, they smell bad, they don't take care of their bodies. This is a big thing for you. Maybe it was just the ones that I dated. Yeah. You know, yeah. there was one guy that, that was very much different than that, and he was my age. You know, but there was other reasons that that didn't work out. But it's just, I think you can't really generalize. I really can't. I, it just, I think one of the reasons, now this is an interesting thing I've considered, is that men typically die four years earlier than women. Yeah, okay? it's four years. I'm explaining something, okay? Now, if you have a lifestyle, you know, a healthy lifestyle, I mean, we, we did a test once to see, like, how many years I was going to live longer, and it ends up I'm living three years longer than him. Based on healthy lifestyles. Oh wow! This is a while ago before you started working out and stuff like that. But what I'm trying to say is that I think because I'm a, I'm afraid of being a widow again, mm. that I would rather be with someone younger in general because oh, there is a logical explanation for that. At least four years, and four years is a big four years. Plus the fact if I happen to have good genes, I may in fact outlive my next several. <laughs> you know, <laughs> who knows? God, wow. God, you know, but it is, it has been a thought that I do not want to, like, I've, I know women, especially that are into older men, you got the four years, plus they're four years older, so now it's equivalent to eight years. They are taking care of these guys. They're in their 50s. These guys are in their late 60s. The women are actually taking care of them because so they- You're, you're telling me this was, this, this, this was an actual rational thought that you came to when deciding to date No, saying I think it was subconscious. Okay. Okay. I mean, I really believe the reason I found my boyfriend had nothing to do with age. It has to do with just, we really just clicked. Okay. I, I, that's exactly what I would imagine as well. Yeah. So I, I wanted to bring in a question from the audience that we got that uh, you forwarded to me, which was a, an interesting email to get. Um, <laughs> well, I get a lot of uh, emails questioning this whole cougar cub relationship yes and and but this one starts in an interesting way it says hi karen how are you you look amazing you sound amazing you are amazing (laughs) lol okay 
Okay. I was. <laughs> I love my job. <laughs> I was wondering about the cougar label or terms like hot mom and milf. And are these titles given to mature, shapely, but toned ladies, even if their partners are of a similar age? Or is it dependent on desirable women such as yourself being attracted to specifically younger males? If so, does the emphasis then fall upon the cougar as the experienced member of the couple to instigate and pursue the more inexperienced guy, as though he were in fact prey in a hunt? The chase for both parties would be a huge thrill in itself, of course, being concerned, oh, no, no, being cornered and left in doubt that a hot and experienced cougar is going to have you at will is literally fantastic. XX, thank you, Danny. XX. There's a thank lot you, of XXs. Danny. Thank you, Danny. I look, I, first of all, I want to thank the, him for writing in. And secondly, I'd like to thank him for the very complimentary things he said at the beginning of the email. But the most important thing is there was so much stereotypical stuff in there that I just went through about the predatory nature and yes. all that kind of stuff that, that is such a stereotype. Well, I, I'm curious about the <laughs> what? first, his first question is basically, is the term cougar, can you apply it to uh, sh- mature and shapely but toned ladies, even if their partners are the same age. And I would say yes. Okay. I don't think, like, if they're in their early 20s, you can call them a cougar. They're still cougarettes at that point. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I would say that any woman that really is in that category could be called a cougar, and regardless if she's – because you know my definition is a confident, older, unique, genuine, assertive, and racy woman. It doesn't really have to be. <laughs> it right off the tongue. You know, that's what a cougar is to me. But what, that's me. I what, mean, that's my term. What is this shapely? What is Shapely sh- means, yeah, it means someone who keeps in good shape. Shape. And when I think of shapely, I think of round like a fruit. No, shapely is <laughs> shapely as in has physically attractive shape. Okay, okay so That's how I gathered what he was talking about, but it it is funny how that there is this stereotype. Have you ever been attracted to an older woman? Yes. Would you call her a cougar? Well, I don't think that. You know, I never went out with her, so I don't know if she's attracted to younger men. I have a feeling the feelings were mutual, but I don't, I don't know. So what do you think the attraction is for of young men to older women? I think there is this I, – I think that this, this status play is a big part of it. I think it for a younger man, it's kind of exciting to be with a woman who's going to be in charge and lead the way. Well, here's the deal. I think we need to make a distinction, a delineation here, set, set a line. One is – this idea of being pursued um, and, and just have it be like, I, I want to call out a friends with benefits. I want to say it's more of like uh-huh. a sexual relationship. Sure. Then we delineate the other side, which is where I'm at, which is not based on sex. It's a relationship that's been going on for eight and a half years. There's a difference between a relationship and just some sort of a sexual thing. Sure, sure, sure. And I think that the one that you're talking about has to do with that sexual part. Yes, I agree. Being, I being agree. Sex by an experienced older woman. Yes. Someone's taking the lead in the bedroom, all that kind of stuff. I, I have not been attracted to a cougar in the sense of uh, relationship-wise, personality-wise. Right. But you've been thinking about, well, what it'll be like, to, like for example, when Nina Hartley offered to mentor you, blah, 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 blah. Right, right, right. Yeah. You know, the idea of a younger guy being taught sort of, by an older woman is, I think, very appealing. And I think it's appealing to the older woman to have that, you know, that power to be able to teach, you know. But I found that even in my earlier days of being with younger guys, it wasn't always the case that the 
that I was teaching versus I was learning. You know, they, there was all, because I was in a monogamous relationship for 24 years when I was with younger guys that were single. A lot of times they had a lot more experience than I did. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, brother. <laughs> I feel like I'm behind on the game. I feel, I always feel it's behind a, in the game. I feel like it's sort of like a, a it's not, it's like a little subculture of some sort. It, it could be considered a fetish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Which I it, think we're okay with. Well, I don't think it'll be <laughs> considered. Okay a, I don't think it'll be considered a fetish if this is like. Remember, he, you know, Sean was describing it. it has to, if it's biologically related to sex, then it's not necessarily a fetish. It's just a form of sex that you appreciate. That was you his know, definition of a fetish. An attraction to a certain type. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that's a fetish. It's the same thing as a foot fetish. No, a foot. You're attracted to a foot. You're not attracted to the. There are a lot of guys, younger guys, that are only attracted to older women. They had a first experience with an older woman. I don't was... think that's a fetish. Well, that's a general attraction. You know, like I, I'm attracted to say just black women, as opposed to and I'm not attracted to Asian women. These are just preferences. Well, that, what is by the way? That's just an example. It's not my so personal foot preferences. Foot fetishes. You're attracted to a foot, and not a, like <laughs> the rest of the human. Yes. That's how you define a fetish. When it's not the yes. That's okay. Whatever. It's a term. Okay. Can we get to the next question here? Is it always, so then he asks, does the emphasis then fall upon the cougar as the experienced member of the couple to instigate and pursue the more inexperienced guy? And I answered that question that it doesn't always work that way. Especially in the meetup, it could be the complete opposite. could be the younger guy totally pursuing because I've had younger guys come to me a lot, a lot. I, I mean, it's weird. It's it's like I was out at a bar and I would have to like literally get, I was almost angry because I couldn't find anybody even close to my age that was coming up to me. So and it, I was like getting annoyed because I'm like, come on, aren't there any older guys that oh, have the confidence to walk up? And it's interesting because, you know, in the past, I don't think that was very common at all. Now it's socially accepted. A younger guy can easily walk up to an older girl and just really start hitting at her. Right, right. It, but this has always been... Uh... Well, I, I guess what you don't see a lot of is the it's younger so woman. You do not. And they think of the older men as creepy if, you know, if they came up and, and initiated. So how are younger women supposed to meet older men if they want, if that's their thing, if they're into the dad bod? Uh, that's a good question. I have not in that situation. Yeah, okay. But you, you have no idea of how a younger woman should meet an older man if she's interested. I think it happens all the time. I think it, you know, could happen at a workplace. I think it could happen mm. at a gym. It could happen just like anywhere else. And I think it happens a lot. And I'm not sure who pursues who because I'm not, I can't, I'm not in that situation. I don't know. But I know of people that have left their partners for much younger women. So, you know, it's funny. I did, I was trying to do some research to repair for this, this mm-hmm. discussion. And I was researching like different the top cougar blogs. Like, how do you, mm-hmm. how do you date a cougar? And I literally, literally, I clicked on a post that's like in the top three when you Google search how to date a cougar, and it's your post and <laughs> your tango. <laughs> I was like, no fucking way. Do you? I, know, have- I think one of someone, some of my posts went to Bro Bible, some of them went to your tango, some of them went to Huffington Post. Right. I was really excited about this, that. This one got over a thousand shares. You never yeah. told me that this was the case. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it's. <laughs> Yeah, I you, was on the cover of Your Tango for like a month as the most popular blog. Wow. Which in Your Tango is like if you search love, relationships, dating, they've come up number one. 
So in the first myth that you debunk is a cougar is a hunter who preys on innocent younger men. That that's you're it? telling me that's not the case. I'm telling you that. I mean, in fact, I think it's the opposite, and that's what I was saying was very annoying. <laughs> so, so the research came up, and you came up to me. Came I up came up with you. That's who I'm taking <laughs> the fucking research from. Now look at this. Anybody have any questions about cougars? Send them my way. And then, you know, are you worried at all that? So another thing that you debunk is whether they're more likely to cheat on you if they're a younger man, if you're right, right. because they think, might be interested in women their age, or they may be more, yeah. you know, immature. And that that is a real upsetting point to me because I think that. And it can happen in any relationship that you're saying, well, if someone has a health issue or someone gets fat or someone gets aged like a normal person, that you should leave them. I mean, they're they're not taking in consideration that there's a relationship. So no matter right, what happens, right, right, stay with the person, no matter if they get a few more wrinkles than the people that are your age. I mean, if you're attracted to them in the first place, there's that relationship that's developing and you don't leave the person if they tend to get old. But do you think that people that are attracted and pursuing cougars are more likely to be just in it for the sex? Who you know, and and in that case, they might be more driven by sex, and then might be more likely to cheat. Is that possible? No, I think that that might be the case. Maybe an initial attraction to anyone, but any relationship once it starts developing, I don't think you can correlate it with the more likelihood of cheating. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any reason to believe that, you know, like, still humans. It's interesting because you have people like Billy Joel's with someone who's like t- almost 30 years younger. And then you had Demi Moore who was with Bruce Willis and and everyone said, Oh, he cheated because she's older. No, he cheated because he's a cheater. He's, you know, that's the reason he cheated. And I got to tell you something. I wouldn't put money on that. He wouldn't cheat on, on his current wife eventually, too. If he's capable of cheating, he's a cheater. Okay. Do you, or is, she, the relationship was deteriorating for whatever reasons. It, you know, could have been, to me, was, you know, got her own issues that he just couldn't cope with. So instead of leaving her, he cheated. I mean, which is, to me, the worst thing you could do anyway. Okay, so what, what about this idea? So another thing that I think would prevent someone from wanting to enter these large age gap relationships is because you're like the the you might not fit into each other's friend circles. And again, I think that I love being with younger guys or like younger couples as much as people my age or older. Yeah, but do you and think most people? Versa. Yeah, I, I mean, do you think? I guess. Listen, you know we have a friend that um, uh, Lee, our friend Lee. He's eleven years older than his wife. I've been friends with him for, I don't know, how many, 25 years. I didn't even realize he's 11 years older than his wife. Yeah. No, no idea. Because he's so young-spirited. He's, he's very so, young-spirited. You would think he's young, younger than us, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know. Again, I think it, who you choose to hang around with should have nothing to do with ages. I love, I, I like hanging around younger people. Sometimes I'd rather be with your brother's age <laughs> than my own friend's. So I get. I just think, yeah. I mean, you're gonna. There's gonna couples that you're gonna gel with, and and I'm sure that there's times that Dee's wants to be with people his age, and mm-hmm. you know, he is free to be with people his age. Yeah. And what what about this this idea that most cougars have more baggage, or they might have families that they that then the cub has to take into uh, account? Yeah. Well, that's one of the reasons that it's it's prefer it's it's a great aspect that. 
you know, in my case, I, I was, I'm with someone who doesn't have kids and doesn't have an ex-wife. So it's, it's a very desirable situation. What about me? Yeah. But he, he, on his end, he, he also doesn't have to support any children. He, he is more free, more free to be a friend to grown kids. I mean, there's a lot of reasons. He also can't have children. In this he, relationship. Well, I think that, that is something that needs to be discussed with a couple because that is like something you can't compromise on. You know, most of these issues can be compromised. You know, you can compromise and be flexible, but that's an issue that if, if he wanted to have kids, which we've already discussed, you know, eight years ago, that, you know, there's no point in pursuing the relationship. Was that a serious discussion or was that yes. like a... No, was... that was a serious discussion early on because I said, I, it might have been the night I met him. Hmm. I said, listen... You, if you're interested in me and you want to have kids, you're barking up the wrong tree. You said that to him that night? That night. <coughs> I mean, How did he respond? He said that not something that he's ever really wanted to do. And, wow. and I think over the years we've, you know, talked about it. And uh, at this time, and I think he's still st- st- sticking strong that he does not want to change diapers. Wow. That's <laughs> interesting. You lucked out. Uh, so no, there was a lot of a lot of things that came into alignment here. Well, that's why we've been together. Mm-hmm. You know, those are, those are things that have to be worked out ahead of time. You just don't, and and that could happen again uh, any age. Like my friends Allison and Harry, they decided right before they even got married that she didn't want to have kids, and they got together when they were in their twenties. And she said very clearly, "I'll never change my mind about this. If you want to have kids," and he had to make the decision. That he and he, I think at the time he wanted to have kids, but he said, "I love her more than I want my love for kids." So, I don't think that you know they've got one of the happiest marriages I know. Hmm. So, I mean, these are questions that a lot of people should even talk about. Anybody should talk about whether or not they want to have kids because it's not a given that everybody wants to have kids. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, what, else, what else you got on the the myth versus realities of? Cougars. Well, there were a lot that were related to this idea that the cougar is going to get old faster yeah. than the cub. Yeah. And, but you've already debunked that saying that's not and necessarily that, the and case. And a lot of it has to do with families and how um, you know open-minded they are to the relationship, families and friends, and how you uh, introduce each other into each other's families and lives. And uh, there's an adjustment period that's difficult for, you know, there are challenges. There's definitely challenges. Yeah, I mean, it took a while for Dee's to be accepted into our family. Exactly, and and it's you know it's been the same with his family. And right, right. His family has embraced me, which I'm very happy about. They didn't always, but now they do. So that's pretty. You know, it's yeah. it's pretty interesting that it, that age, like race or religion, is yeah. now a factor. It's a factor. It's definitely that, a factor. That families can be very uh, against. Yeah. And, and what bothers me, because I'm so open-minded about everything, is that families should just take in consideration that it's hard enough to make any relationship work. And if people are, if are in a relationship that has a difference of race, religion, color, or age, and they are able to overcome that obstacle in society, that means that their relationship is even stronger mm. than the norm. Mm. And that's the most important thing, isn't it? Having a strong relationship is more important than all these other societal constraints. So does that mean that when no matter who I bring to the table, you're going to accept them wholeheartedly? If if you are in a very healthy relationship, yes, I can really. I would. Yeah, but but isn't that so? Isn't that the argument though that that relationship is not somehow healthy because say that like 
I don't know, dating meant, someone like, being abused or, or, you know, you always said to me when you're very young here, going, going back to our Dom versus sub role is that if you could see yourself being involved with someone who is going to completely dominate you. And you said to me when you were like literally 10 years old, if I'm in that relationship, you must get me out of it. You yeah. must. And it, so obviously this has been a continuing theme. Yes. Yes. <laughs> this is not the first time I've thought it, of this. And it could be also because you are uh, a younger sibling with an uh, older sister. And, you know. Who I'd say is pretty dominating. <laughs> but the point is I think most older sisters tend to dominate over their younger brothers. And so there's, you know, that I've studied in my master's degree program, sibling configurations, and you really should go for someone who is different in your, in the sibling order than you are. Oh, really? Yes. So if you are, in other words, if you're two older, older siblings, or, you know, the two old, eldest, they can butt heads to you. Whereas if you're with an eldest and you're younger, you're used to that dynamic. See, uh, but that's the thing. I think part of me wants to have a different dynamic than what I'm used to, something that's going to stretch me and push me to to get out of my comfort zone as this you know it's interesting how this relates to my comedy as well on stage you can often play uh you know like the the inse- i could play either the insecure woody allen type who is like very uh neurotic he's always the sub always the one to get shat upon or i can play the clown who is like going over the top being total whack job yeah. Who's being quirky and goofy. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying. I always am trying to do that because I know I could play the other character. I know I could play the sub comedian. I, beta yeah, male. I just like that role the best. I think it's funniest to me, but I you're also. Always, like, you're saying no, it's because, funniest for me, for me to play. <laughs> you're always reinforcing this bullshit beta you, role. Yeah, kind of. No, fuck that. I'm rebelling against you, mother. <laughs> this is my rebellion. Okay, you can rebel. I'm rebelling. This is I'm taking rebel. a stand. I'm not fucking always the beta, okay, mother? Okay. I think your dad uh, what was he, the clown? Yes. Everyone around me was always the alpha. Dad was the <laughs> alpha, you're the alpha, it's Jess is the sister's alpha. Okay, it, Jeremy's not the alpha. He's, he's I am I am always <laughs> The fucking beta, and I'm over it. I'm taking a stand. Okay. Fuck this shit. Okay, you you fuck this shit. <laughs> Why don't give me that face? I'm being serious. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen, uh, no one's telling you that you have to be pigeonholed into any role. Uh, you know, when I was talking about the sibling configuration thing, it, I really believe in it. I mean, Dad and I, for example, I'm the eldest child, and he was the youngest child. And he had an older sister. You know, I think you get comfortable in your role as the position you are in the in the family. Like, for example, the babies are always kind of like spoiled. So they they shouldn't be with another baby because the two of them wouldn't want to do, both of them to be spoiled. So you're better off if you're a baby to be with one of the middle or the oldest. I don't think I, – I imagine I'd be fine with another middle. We'd both be giving to each other. It'd be great. And maybe looking for someone to take charge and neither one will. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't, you know, it's funny. I don't know why this riles me up so much. I, I know. Why do you think it does? Because I, I, I fucking hate, I hate. There's so many advantages to being that younger, more 
flexible, open-minded, more, you, you know, you, you found a way to get attention without being the dominator. That, Fuck that. that. I, just, I just keep really, I just remember though that there'd be so many times that you'd be so upset because your older sister did something to, you know, affect you and upset you. And then the next thing I know, you're apologizing to her. See, that's not good. That's not good. That's exactly how I feel all the time. I don't like this. I think you've done some real good work though. And you've been able to confront her and confront me and confront people that, you know, have upset you probably better than anyone I know. So, well, I will say that I think this has driven me away from relationships for fear that I will get become the doormat. Well, I think everybody's fearful of that. I was fearful of that. I, in high school, I remember being with a guy that I thought was walking all over me. And I think it, at some point or another, you have to not ever let someone abuse you or take advantage of you. I'm not saying, I mean, we're taking things to an extreme here. I don't think you, you know, you can classify all eldest children as like dominators and taking, you know, taking advantage of younger people and, mm-hmm. you know, being the yeah, abuser or whatever. I think you can just, it, it's all, like you said, the spectrum in that respect. Yeah. So it's just, I think studies have shown that those relationships tend to work better. Here's, here's something else that I'll bring to the table. I was recently listening to a podcast, so this is some podcast science coming at you, which should be taken with a grain of salt, but it's based on this um, idea that uh, we often think that personalities are like a set thing over time, that you know the person at their core is always going to be the same, mm-hmm. and that is, psychologists argue that is not true. Really? They 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 used they used psychologists used to believe that now there's like there's there's this idea that situations are very much what mm. cause people to react the same way uh-huh. um, over and over and over again. It's and not their personalities. Yes, and then now there's another there's an, the more evolved theory is that the there's three components. You have the personality, the situation, and now the mind. And the mind, how you perceive the world, that allows you. That is what it actually is constant. If if that doesn't change, then there are always people are going to act the same exact way over and over and over again. What I'm suggesting is that I don't necessarily need to always be the sub. It's not in inherent nature because that's not such a thing. No, and I said I think it, you've evolved yeah. quite a bit over the years to say I'm not going to take this kind of uh, uh, um, a position all the time. Yes. Uh, and I think that you've changed. Now, I, you know, part of it is laughing, you know, like because you've always kind of like told me the stories about how you've been very submissive in the bedroom. And that's what I was referring to more than anything when I said that you're the sub. I can't imagine you being this dominating kind of guy. I just don't think you have it in your nature. But maybe I'm wrong. And maybe over the years, you you will learn to be that if that's what you want to do. Okay. And I think... It, in any relationship, it could be like one one day you're the dom, one day you're the sub, one day you know it could go back and forth. I hope it does. In improv, I've said this on previous podcasts that you you can often create characters by choosing a status. Am I high status or low status? That's the quickest way to find a character for you. And the the the, the improv guru Keith Johnstone says if your best friends are able to switch back and forth between the high status and low status without a blink of an eye, you know. Because mm-hmm. there's there's a generosity there, there's there's a humility there, and there's you know there's a, there's security that the person's not going to completely take advantage of you, 
if you allow them to have the status. So is that Cam's spiritual lesson of the day? That is. Yeah, I Good. guess it is. I like that. I think every week we should have a Cam's spiritual lesson of the day. Yes. Well, we, we, we're, we're uh, wrapping up at the end here. Anything you wanted, any last words of wisdom? So I did have a really interesting question that I thought about at 4.30 in the morning. You know, I was thinking about my virginity story and how wonderful it was. And I thought, hmm, I'd like to hear from our listeners if they have any interesting or funny or wild stories about how they lost their virginity. And I feel like that would be a great contest to see who has the most wild experience that they could talk about on losing their virginity. And somebody will be a lucky winner of our customized condoms. <laughs> Send us your answers at sextalkpodcast at gmail.com or call or text us at 323-472-4237. You can keep you can yourself... Be anonymous. You can be anonymous, yep. too. As always, please rate, like us, and subscribe on iTunes. It helps us out a lot. Thank you to all those who already have. And yeah. We'll talk to you next Thursday. Yeah. And who's a dominator now? <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> Damn fucking right. Bye, Miss Dankas. Love you all. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.